Bibi Fahodier. The day's date is October 18th, 2019. This we have been told. This is the African Liberation Media. I'm here with Tahira, the daughter of Makaru, and also the grandson, Corey. It's a pleasure to be with you. I am looking for the possibility of going live so that we can get your feedback. We are here, in the words of Dr. King, to create tension in the mind. We are convinced that through creative dialogue, eventually, and courage, much can be resolved, perhaps not everything, but we'll be able to move in that direction. And as always, we want to challenge the dominant ideology, the prevailing notions, and the conventional wisdom. We are here to contextualize many of the issues that we deal with so that we can come to an agreement on a legitimate solution. You ask yourself the question, why do many of the problems that persist in the African-American community go on and on and on? Clearly, these problems in terms of how they approach to decontextualize and the orientation in dealing with these problems have to be wrong because clearly the outcome is wrong. You know, suffice it to say, you have to start at the bases of many of these problems, and that is the killer dynamic, the global, national, local system of white supremacy. You can take it or you can leave it alone. Brothers and sisters, take it wherever you want to take it. Bibi Fahodier, African family, another opportunity for us to engage in some dialogue that we hope expands the consciousness of the global African community. This is the day that Amun Ra has made, and we operate under Newt and Gibb as we try to move towards liberation and empowerment. Several things that happened over this week that, that, that we want to discuss. And one of those things, uh, I think one of the most uh, devastating things, in my opinion, was the uh, African Union that decided to fire its U.S. ambassador, Dr. Arakanda Chiambabora Kuo, uh, who, in, in my opinion, in my opinion, if we, look, if we look across the entire African world at leaders who have courage, who are dynamic, who articulate a clear message and vision of African liberation and empowerment, in my opinion, Dr. Quo, as uh, we call her at the uh, R400 Summit that I attended just a few weeks ago, uh, it's clearly right at the top, uh, right there, in my opinion, with uh, uh, Abe Ahmed, the Prime Minister of Ethiopia, and uh, President John Magafuli of Tanzania. Uh, the African Union gave no reason for the firing of this sister. And, you know, I remember I was at the uh, R400 Summit here in Charlotte a few weeks ago, and she gave one of her powerful speeches as usual. And I just remarked to a couple of people, I said, look, I don't see how this sister keeps her job. 
not saying that in a derogatory manner, but just saying that because her ideology and her worldview is so out of line with the overwhelming majority of the African Union heads of state who are neo-colonial lackeys of North Atlantic imperialism. This sister operates out of the mode of the Osagifo Kwame Nkrumah, Ahmed Sekutore, Winnie Mandela, Thomas Sankara, Amilcar Cabral, and others. And so it was just very, uh, you know, I said, hey. And then what happens a few weeks later without any explanation, and if the reports that I received are, are correct, her term in office was not up until February of 2021. Now, usually when someone is removed, uh, you know, if you've done something, if you violated business conduct guidelines, you didn't follow some procedures, you engaged in some kind of uh, nefarious activity or whatever, normally you were given, you know, some kind of warnings, write-ups, look, you need to tighten this up or whatever. From what I understand, she was given no warning, no anything, just a cold-blooded, I call it a coup d'etat, an overthrow. And many of the people, including uh, the former president of uh, Ghana, Jerry Rawlings, uh, pointing to a, a speech that she gave uh, about uh, the continuing neocolonialism in Africa, and I want to read what uh, President Rawlins said. He's the former president of Ghana. The dismissal of Eric Kana, Chihombari Kuo, AU ambassador to the United States, raises serious questions about the independence of the African Union. For someone who spoke her mind about the detrimental effect of colonization and the huge cost of French control in several parts of Africa, this is an act that can be described as coming from French-controlled, colonized minds. How can this shameful behavior emanate from us? A woman will, all that it takes to galvanize our continent is chopped down by French-colonized power mongers, good enough to be cleaners or pruning trees at the uh, Champs-Élysées Palace. With leaders of this kind, how can this continent ever progress? And that's the ongoing question because it seems like for the past 500 years, our most, uh, the leaders with the most potential to help liberate and empower the African world have always been taken out of their development by our historical enemies. Uh, the tribes of the North Atlantic uh, on both sides of the Atlantic both in Western Europe and here in North America. So, you know, we look, we look upon, we look at this act, this removal of this dynamic, this courageous sister, as uh, another move by our enemies to destroy all of our efforts uh, to restore ourselves as free, proud, productive, prosperous, and powerful people. Like I said, I heard this sister speak no more than just a few weeks ago right here in Charlotte, and she was absolutely dynamic. She was strong. She was courageous. And the thing of it is that uh, this has caused a lot of uproar in the diaspora because uh, Dr. Quo has reached out to so many of us. She has made herself available to us. 
the uh, sons and daughters of Africa who uh, became part of the world's largest forced migration. Before Dr. Quo, I'll be honest with you, and I mean, I, <laughs> I, have, I have no idea who the previous uh, U.S. ambassador to the AU was. I have no idea. Never heard, never heard the person speak uh, in our community, speak to the diaspora, uh, speak with uh, the, the, the orientation towards the liberation and empowerment of African people. So it just appears, it appears that our enemies have removed her. And uh, this, is, uh, this is another blow that we have to withstand. We have, we have to roll with the punches to keep getting knocked to the ground while all of the BS is going down, as the Isley brother said. So, you know, this is where we are. We'll continue, we'll, con we'll continue to struggle, but there is outrage. There's a petition online on change.org. Last time I saw it, it was over, over 35,000. We should have 3.5 million people sign this petition to uh, have her reinstated. We, we have to let these running dog lackeys of uh, North Atlantic imperialism know that, 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 as Fannie Lou Hamer said, we're sick and tired of being sick and tired of these uh, machinations and just groveling uh, feeding at the trough of neoliberal white supremacy, neoconservative white supremacy, bending over, grabbing your ankles, giving the Europeans an opening to just raw dog you. So we, you know, this. So this is something obviously that I'm upset, and a lot of people in the diaspora are upset at the way uh, this move has come about. And you know, we'll see what kind of lies they tell or what kind of, as Dr. King would say, rationalizations in the incessant search for scapegoats uh, they, they, they uh, managed to uh, promote to uh, justify this. But, you know, we're going to stay on it and we're going we're gonna to keep supporting this sister and keep demanding uh, that she be returned to her rightful place as U.S. Ambassador to at least February 2021. I'll Brother, it seems we have numerous examples of heroines and brothers who stood against the status quo and the advocacy of fundamental social change. I'm reminded of the imagery of Winnie Mandela being chastised by Desmond Tutu. Lord have mercy. The assassination of Brother Patrice Lumumba, who talked in terms of redistribution of the wealth, land reform, Dr. King put his finger on the bases for poverty when he articulated the reality that the fundamental problems of poverty could not be solved without a radical redistribution of wealth. Of course, Thomas Sankara, uh, sincerely interested in the plight of the masses of people, articulated a vision which required structural change. You know, suffice it to say, you know, somewhere... Uh, as it relates to these fundamental change serves as a basis for why this system was removed. Neo-colonialism, imperialism, um, issues that people of this ilk have uh, historically brought up, such as you know ownership of the means of production. It's all about who will control the resources. And any alternative to the galvanization or the limited use of resources, of course, that person's going to be removed or assassinated. Uh, 
as many issues as I have with Dyson, his bloviations and his pompousness, <laughs> he did coin a phrase the other day that I'm going to have to adopt. He called Kanye West a, a ventriloquist of white supremacy. <laughs> he said that the lips were moving, but the ideology and the ideas reflected the ideas of his colonial master. Mm -hmm. You know, it's... it's Reminiscent of the Frankenstein monster, um, but Frankenstein was more intelligent. The Mary Shelley creation, when Frankenstein saw himself in the movie, in the I'm sorry, when Frankenstein saw himself in the glistening water, he saw a reflection of how grotesque he actually was, and then he killed himself and his master. You know, suffice to say, art imitates life, and we have so many. Uh, illustrations, so many examples from art as well as nature itself to reflect, you know, where we are as black people. Uh, part of the problem, as articulated by Marimba Ani, is the, the dismembering of African culture. Culture is a basis of power. You know, sister articulated so well, you know, the, the, the role of culture moving between song and dance, and, and I think one of the more critical definitions she gives for culture, and there are many, is that culture makes cooperation natural. Mm. My brother Amos Wilson uh, tells us that culture is a conspiracy by which African people coalesce to solve group ends. Right. You know, culture is a means, this is Wilson, right. you know, by which we conceptualize the world. Mm -hmm. You know, having said that, then culture becomes an intellectual system. This is why Malcolm was so successful. Right. In his arguments, uh, when he debated the scholars of uh, European academia that were placed in front of him, he was able to dismantle them because of, you know, he spoke from a culturally based perspective, a nationalist based perspective. But I mean, there's, there's no match. You know, once you liberate yourself, you know, from the throes or the shackles of European ideology. And it's definitely a, a goal that is worthy to embark on. The problem is our youth is not getting this information. We do not have control of the institutions. And thus it becomes difficult to disseminate this knowledge, this uh, I guess I want to call it uh, this means by which we can counter the Eurocentric uh, virus, the immune system. You know, by the inculcation of this kind of knowledge, we imbue ourselves with an immune system by which we are less apt to be devastated by the white supremacist bombardment. This is a critical component if we attempt to uh, it, uh, rescue ourselves from this crisis that we find ourselves in and save our youth. I'm, I'm going to you know, just cut it short for now, but uh, brother, go ahead with it. Yeah, just um, I think everybody should probably uh, pull up Prince Rogers Nelson produced uh, a whole lot of uh, you know dynamic music 
one of his uh, songs that most people probably are not that familiar with, but one that I really like was one that he called Colonized Mind. Oh, God. Uh, Prince was, uh, in a lot of ways, way ahead of his time, certainly the greatest guitar player of all time, but, but produced some conscious songs. I mean, despite sometimes the images that he might have been been projecting, but you know, he said that uh, if you look, you're going to find throughout mankind's history a colonized mind, and that's here's what that what did Jerry what did what did uh, Jerry Rollins say? Colonized mind. Um, so, I mean, this brother's on it. Uh, uploaded the two-party system, the lesser of two dangers, illusion of choice. Download their form of fascism. Nothing ever changes. You never had a voice. Uh, the brilliant artist, Prince Rogers Nelson. Um, another really, 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 really uh, tragic mm. uh, event took place in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Oh, uh, our beautiful sister, Tatiana Jefferson, gunned down in her home. Gunned down in her home. I guess she had, she had no castle law rights in her home. <laughs> you know the judge in the, in the Botham Jean John trial tried to allow the jury to consider Amber Gaga being uh, in her own home because she thought she was in her home, because they have this law in Texas called a castle law. You can defend your home with deadly force. But this sister was in her home. She was playing video games with her eight-year-old niece. A uh, nephew, I'm sorry, eight-year-old nephew. And a neighbor saw the door open and said that was very unusual. Now, we need good neighbors. We need neighbors to watch out for us. Um, perhaps he could have gone out the house, walked over to see if anything was okay himself, but he chose to call the police. He called the police on a non-emergency number, uh, but the police are now claiming that they were not told that it was a wellness call. They're already constructing the um, rationalization. But all too often, we don't get... We don't get the story of, uh, of the sister. Jefferson, known by family as Tay, was a pre-med graduate of historically black Xavier of New Orleans, who was very close to her family, according to a verified GoFundMe page, raising money for the family. The Xavier community was deeply dismayed by the news of Jefferson's death. University President uh, Verrett said in a statement on Sunday, her, uh, the lawyer representing the family, Lee Merritt, says she graduated with a biology degree in 2014 and went on to work in a pharmaceutical and pharmaceutical equipment sales. Jefferson moved into her sick mother's home to take care of her at the beginning of the summer. Jefferson has a brother and two sisters, the lawyer said. He described her as a type of person who would play video games with her eight-year-old nephew until 2 a.m., which is what she was doing at the time of the shooting. The eight-year-old was the first to tell... His mother, Jefferson's sister, about the shooting, family member said during a news conference. We noticed things about him that changed. 
But, you know, he's a strong one, said Adarius Carr Jefferson's brother. We'll get him the treatment he, he needs to make sure he's good. The eight-year-old was in the room. The police officer went to the, the officers went to the door. They didn't knock on the door to see if anyone was there. They started walking around the house. And when they were walking around the house, they came to this uh, room where our sister and her nephew were playing video games. And the, the, the cop looked through the window, said he perceived a threat. I don't know how he possibly could have perceived a threat, you know, unless somebody was standing there with an AK-47 aimed at him. She was playing video. What? So, just like my grandson loves to play video. So, his fingers on a video game are a threat. And he said, show your hands. Put your hands up. In less than four seconds, he fired a shot through the window and killed his sister in cold blood. In cold blood. And, of course, the, the, the community... Uh, absolutely outraged because they've already they were already outraged about the weak sentence that was given to the killer cop Amber Geiger in Dallas. Dallas and Fort Worth are like twin cities. And so they were outraged and a lot of people made strong statements. Yes, <laughs> One of the ministers said, listen, all of this praying ain't working. This is what one of the Christian ministers said. He said, it's time for us to meet aggression with aggression. Okay, not necessarily, he, he, he didn't go into action like Maroon shows, but he was certainly sounding like Malcolm X. And uh, so the Dallas uh, uh, authorities were moved to charge the officer who's actually only been on the force for less than two years with a murder. Uh, he's been released on a $200,000 bond. And as I said, they're already trying to construct a defense. One of, one of the things that was very disturbing, uh, not surprising, but disturbing, and, and this shows how all of the elements of the white supremacy dynamic work. When they went inside the home where the sister had been murdered, they took a picture of, of a weapon, uh, some kind of semi-automatic handgun. As if to say she was armed. She was in her home. If she heard somebody prowling around outside, she had a right to be armed. She was protected by the castle law. So, this shows you how dirty all of these people are and how, this is why Dr. Wilson and Neela Fuller said this: we're dealing with a system. Not, not just some... Individual. Sick, sick individual. Yes, sir. We're dealing with the whole system. What? Why did the media publish that picture of the gun, which she had a right? You know, Texas open carry. You walk around Texas with AK forty sevens. So, I mean, you know, this this is what's going on. So, so the question, the question we're faced with now, is. The police are going to investigate themselves. I, in, in every killing by a police officer, 
They should be an independent prosecutor. The very people, you know, unless you have someone like Marilyn Mosby from Baltimore, the average, the average prosecutor, these prosecutors have to work with the police on a daily basis. Yes, Otherwise, they don't get any convictions. So, so now the case has to navigate the gauntlet of white supremacy. So now I, I don't I don't understand this. I mean, obviously, I'm not a lawyer, but he's been charged with murder. But now they said they got to take it to a, a grand jury to get an indictment. I thought you once you charge with murder, you charge with murder. But now they're saying that they have to get an indictment from the grand jury. I don't maybe this is a quirk in the law. I mean, I think if it was you or I, it would, you know, they, it would, you know, we'd be in jail under more than. $200,000, but anyway, uh, the case has to navigate the gauntlet of white supremacy, the, the white supremacy uh, legal system or illegal system, you know, which obviously includes the police officers doing the investigation, uh, a prosecutor that aggressively uh, prosecutes the case. Then you, then you have to have a jury and hope that there are no white supremacists on the jury Odds of that are usually pretty slim. It happens every once in a, in a full moon. But, and then the judge, you know, hopefully not a hugging judge like um, the sister in Dallas. But, or a jury like Botham's. Or a jury like Botham's, right. So anyway, that's where we are with, with that particular case, uh, Jack or Tahira. I don't know if you want to add anything, anything to that. Yeah, while the sister gathers her thoughts, <laughs> it's uh, we discussed the decision made by Chief Justice Taney, eighteen fifty-seven. Things have not changed, you know, over two hundred years. You know, people under this impression that uh, progress is linear. And that we uh, inevitably arrive at a situation that is better than our ancestors. But in any society, things progress only to regress. Mm, you know, mm. what, what, what's my crime? You know, I'm guilty. I just have never been caught or uh, apprehended. That's just a foregone conclusion that, um, you know, I would have to Articulate if I'm talking with a young Corey or, you know, a granddaughter or a daughter or a son. You know, it's just a reality. You know, my crime is simply uh, being alive. You know, the question is, you know. Living while black. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's a crime. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, like the brother said, you know, post-murder, uh, you know, there's only two places for me to be. One is in a box and the other's in jail. You know, I can't be in my dad gum home. You know, where am I safe? Where you want me? In jail or in a box? You know, the brother spoke very well when he addressed the uh, Dallas, I guess it was the city council. He called every one of them racist. One of the strongest statements I have heard, I was just fortunate enough to pull it up on my phone uh, about an hour and a half ago. Um, that is the type of brother that uh, clearly needs to be cultivated as a leader. You know, he spoke forcefully, um, did not equivocate, and told him, he said, I have no desire to live here in Fort Worth. 
you know, because of this back-to-back-to-back indifference as it relates to uh, black life. Mm. Okay, so, you know, just some passing thoughts here, and I um, hope this group in Dallas stays organized. The deacon, the preacher, the brother seems conscious enough to know that, you know, time is on the side of the oppressor, or procrastination is the thief of time. Mm-hmm. You know, Dr. King told us that, you know, uh, time does not change, to quote the great doctor, does not roll in mm-hmm. on the wheels of inevitability. Right. You know, change takes place as a result of the tireless effort, the organized effort. Right, right. You know, the Africans, you know, Without that, time becomes the ally of the forces of social stagnation. Jed Gahuba, Ged Gahuba, as the brother calls him. <laughs> he said, let the black man march. He is incapable of sustained activities. You can get this in the FBI file. Right. And so, uh, keep on keeping on. Yes. Folk in Dallas. Yes. Well, as 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 bad as that was, as bad as that was, uh, we got um, uh, brother Malik, one of our most loyal listeners, sent me some information about another uh, act of white supremacist criminality. Just down the, uh, just across the border from us in Florence, South Carolina, I couldn't I couldn't find some of the information. So, Tahira did some research and and pulled it up uh, for me. And uh, there's this, this sister that that has a has a webs has a uh, a blog. She calls herself the uh, Chatty Passenger. Beautiful sister. And the, and the title the title of this blog post. White man with AIDS mm. targeted black women in hopes they'd spread the disease to black men. Now, I don't know how she, how she reached that conclusion, but it's certainly not beyond the realm of possibility knowing how they think. So this, uh, the news station down there in Florence did this report. And uh, reports claim Florence, he was a disc jockey contacted uh, teen girls via social media and paid them for sex. Now, this guy is on social media bragging about uh, having had, uh, I guess, sex with over uh, six or 700 women. He hadn't quite caught up with Wilt yet, but I guess he was trying. So, um, anyway, let me, let, let me just read this report. A Florence DJ... At the center of human of a human trafficking case, communicated with teens through social media platforms, asked them to pass around his flyers, paid them for sex, according to law enforcement reports. Jason Rogers Pope, known as DJ Kid, was arrested August 29th and charged with three counts of trafficking in persons, mm. three counts of first degree criminal sexual conduct, and one count each of second degree criminal sexual conduct with a minor promoting prostitution of a minor and kidnapping. He remains in jail under no bond. Well, that's, that's amazing in and of itself. 
but 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 when when we read into this story, we're gonna see how just uh, I guess totally negligent the the law enforcement uh, uh, establishment was down in Florence. Arrest warrants indicate between July seventeen, July twenty seventeen, and July twenty nineteen, Pope forty two forced four minor girls to perform sex acts for money at his home. Looking back at Pope's run-in with law enforcement, over a dozen reports from the Florence County Sheriff's Office dating back to 2011 name him as either a suspect or a victim. As to the allegations surrounding him, the first such incident was reported on December 4, 2011. In a Florence County Sheriff's Office report, a 13-year-old stated she had sex with Pope and, the, and then later found out he had AIDS. Okay, this sexual predator has been, play, been preying on, preying on young black girls since 2011. And the law enforcement establishment knew it. And they just arrested him in August of 2019. And I don't understand since since their South Carolina has a statute that says that if you in, engage in unprotected sex and you have HIV and you don't inform your partners, you can be charged with various crimes. I don't understand why those charges haven't been added, but maybe they're going to. According to the minor, she was introduced to Pope by her friend. He allegedly gave her marijuana and money so that she would have sex with him, the report said. Six years later, on December 13, 2017, deputies were called after a juvenile threatened to commit suicide. The minor alleged that Pope had been paying her for sex and blackmailing her to perform sexual acts when she didn't want to since uh, September 27th of that year. So, there's another issue here. There's another issue here, and that is the vulnerability of our young girls. Who is protecting them? Who is protecting them? I, 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 I don't want to blame the victim, but there's something going on that allows our young girls to fall prey to people like this. I don't know what the parent, the parents or relatives or whoever was doing or was not doing. And I know a lot of these young, these young teenagers, young people are out of control. But still, you know, I mean, I, man, when my daughter was 13, you best believe I knew where she was. And so, I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't know how this, how this happens, but I think, I think part of the problem is, is that we don't have a lot of strong black men, black fathers in these homes to protect these young ladies. Too many of these uh, men are just running around uh, dropping, you know, babies everywhere. And so they have no control over what's going on. So, I mean, this, this is just, um, you know... Four days later, the deputies were contacted mm. by a relative of Pope's who told them he pays young females for sex. Now, they were told this. One of his relatives 
who told them he pays young females for sex and then posts about it on social media sites, including Facebook and Snapchat. The relative alleged that Pope had been doing this for a long time and that screenshots of pornographic images he had posted had been saved. The investigator said he viewed a few examples of the images and the images did appear to be sexually explicit in nature. What did y'all do? What did you do when you saw this? On September 13, 2018, deputies reported they were searching for two missing juveniles who were supposed to be with Pope. When they spotted his car at his home, they knocked on the they knocked in the suspect alone. The 16-year-old came to the door. The report stated investigators did a search after smelling marijuana. Pope allegedly said the missing 14-year-old was also inside. While in the home, authorities said they found marijuana. Over $1,500 and over $1,500 in cash. The suspect could not provide law enforcement with a valid source of income, saying uh, simply that he was a promoter. According to the report filed on April 17, 2019, deputies were called to the Florence Zaxby's restaurant for a harassment complaint. The manager said Pope had come by the previous day to pick up an employee who was arguing with a co-worker. During the course of the argument, Pope allegedly got out of the car and yelled that he was going to come back and shoot up the restaurant and take care of everyone. So here, here now you are threatening to engage in a mass shooting and you still are not arrested. I mean, this now we, we know white, we know white privilege. This is white privilege on steroids. Do you do you think? If a 13-year-old white girl had gone to the law enforcement and said this man had forced her to have sex and she found out he had HIV, do you think he would have been arrested in 2011? No. Brock Turner. Well, <laughs> go ahead and explain the Brock Turner case. <laughs> well, I, I, I think that, you know, white men reign, you know, reign supreme in their minds. So just like Brock Turner got off. Uh, you see white racists uh, get off all the time. Uh, I don't think it, it matters. Um, you, we see every day that, that uh, pedophiles get off. Uh, this country doesn't care about kids. Uh, they don't care about women. Uh, we see how long R. Kelly was able to do what he did. He was a predator. Um, he's preying on, uh, you know, uh, black girls. Uh, now, maybe if he was preying on, on white girls, then maybe it would be a, a little different. But I don't think uh, uh, when it's a, a white male, I don't think, uh, you know, we can't expect them to, to do anything. I mean, they didn't do anything about R. Kelly. Mm. Well, I had considered that uh, the R. Kelly factor. Um, I, I don't know, Jack. I mean, what is I mean, what do, you, what do you say? I mean, in a situation like this, Brother, I mean, I guess we just, I guess we just need some street justice. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what, what are the solutions. Mom's the words, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, you alerted me to the fact that you know they're paying attention, perhaps to you know what Gullah Jack says and Brother Amos and Brother Macaru and Brother Tahira, but yeah, uh, sister you, you know, just uh, <laughs> sister Tahira. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I I got kicked in my butt here recently about my patriarchal uh, overtures on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, um, I, I have been scolded. 
the chrono syndrome, brother. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's like it, it permeates our culture in particular. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's you know tantamount to the wildebeest, study nature. You know, never really massing our stress, leaving our youth vulnerable. Mm -hmm. uh, and it goes back to, well, actually, you, both of you, Sister Tahir and Brother Michael, you, you, you triggered a thought. Uh, and it's been a broken record, you know, when I just travel. You know, Sister, who's your dad? Uh, um, your dad's in jail. Sister, where's your dad? My dad's locked up. Yeah, it's an ongoing record. New Jim Crow. It's New Jim Crow. It's, it's a broken record. But, you know, it's like Brother Wilson told us that, you know, manhood is a creative process. And oftentimes, you know, we have sperm donors in our community. Mm. Uh, you know, there's 10 seconds, no connectedness, no relationship uh, with the father, per se. Um all behavior is social, mm -hmm. you know, suffice it to say, and these attitudes can be orchestrated, produced, etc. There's a no-show dad, a relative of mine thought about committing suicide because he waited indefinitely for his father to show up to take him somewhere. It may have been to a game down in Florida. Mm -hmm. The father never showed up. You know, and then there's the limited contact of the ice cream dad who buys the child ice cream, but he feels that's his only obligation socially. That doesn't work. You can be a no-show dad, an ice cream dad, a sperm donor. I'm trying to gather my thoughts here. Uh, another aspect, uh, the movie Drumline was a depiction of a father who was gainfully employed, you know, but yet he was a deadbeat dad. Mm. He had no connection whatsoever. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can be a dead broke dad, but not necessarily a deadbeat dad. Mm. Brother, just the plethora of issues that we have to deal with all emanating from that source, you know, white supremacy, when we devalue ourselves, you know, sister, I'm so glad you came on. <laughs> I have been waiting for you to, you know, break out. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, she you was know. on. She was on with us. Uh, was it last week? Week before last. Week before last year. Okay. We got a channel last okay. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we uh, we <laughs> we've been looking for a third person. Well, you know, we <laughs> we uh, certainly certainly need. need Need the uh, sister's perspective. Yeah, you know, yeah. Not, there's no, there's no question about that because, you know, I, I was just focused. My focus was on just the absolute negligence, just the negligence of the uh, of the law enforcement agencies that that allowed this to take place all of these years without doing anything. This should be grounds for some kind of lawsuit. I mean, they should be sued to the max. Uh, down in Florence for allowing this sexual predator to prey on all of these young black girls, infecting we don't know how many uh, with the uh, uh, HIV. And this was this guy. This was like a serial killer. This was like a serial killer. Yeah. So, 
I mean, there they, they should be outrage. I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if they're, they're any. I haven't checked back to see exactly what's going on in the Florence community in terms of protests about this case. But there should be. There should be because somebody's feet have to be held to the fire. The sheriff, the police chief, somebody. It's got that. I mean, it, 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 you know, we can't we can't just allow these kinds of things to, to, to take place without 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 showing some kind of positive action, showing some kind of moral outrage. Moral outrage is totally justified at the very least in in this particular situation. Well, we're running we're running short on time. Uh, our brother almost is out doing some uh, some field studies. Okay. Uh, for us, and 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 he'll be back in in a couple of weeks uh, with the information that that he's gathered uh, in, during his travels. So um, uh, we know Brother Almost will listen to this. So Brother Almost, safe safe travels, and and we know that you are spreading the word about African Liberation Media and raising consciousness as uh, you you go about uh, gathering this very important information for us. Um, to hear wanted to add something as we get ready to close out. Um, one last thing uh, that showed up on my uh, social media feed was about, um, of course, uh, Papa John's uh, CEO, um, well, ex-CEO, previous CEO, um, did a few things, one including... Um, using the N-word mm. um, uh, was that a year or two ago mm -hmm. so they um, Jerry you know, Jones favorite CEO yeah um, they they he stepped down and of course they've been doing damage uh, damage control um, ever since and um, a part of that uh, damage control was hiring Shaquille O'Neal to kind of help um, save face and, and bring back their uh Clean up their image. Yeah, clean up their image and bring back their uh, the black customers. I, for one, only, you know, well, I did eat uh, Pizza Hut and Domino's, you know. But my, my go-to was always Papa John's on Freedom Drive. Um, and I, I stopped going there. He First, he, he made a comment about, uh, you know, Kaepernick, and, and that was strike one, and then he used the N-word, so... He's clearly a racist, mm -hmm. and so I had to stop eating there. I can't, I can't support the racist. But anyway, Shaquille O'Neal um, decides to uh, try to do uh, an HBCU initiative, or um, I don't know exactly what they're calling it, but basically he wants to bring a Papa John's to every HBCU campus. And uh, the the first one to, to get on board was Miles College, and um, I just think that. You know, a lot of our, our students are, you know, are struggling, you know, to, to pay for a meal plan or they're just, you know, broke college kids. And so you're going to bring a Papa John's, a racist uh, company on campus, and you're going to have these uh, broke college kids. Uh, now, mind you, John, uh, while he's not the CEO, he still has a huge stake in the company. Mm -hmm. So you're going to bring it on to the campus. And I don't know how much Miles is going to get um, from this, uh, out of this deal. But you're going to bring it on the campus and you have these broke college kids basically, um, 
you're making John, the CEO, the racist CEO, and Shaquille O'Neal richer. Hmm. And he's a racist. Why should we be giving him any money? Uh, you know, I don't think it's any coming back for that as long as he's attached to the company, as long as he's making, you know, money from the company. I don't think that it's any coming back from that. You know, you have um, um, Robert F. Smith giving, uh, paying off student loans, Oprah giving millions, and then you have Shaq who's giving us uh, racist Papa John's that we have to pay for, you know, um, I don't know why he didn't, you know, do this deal with uh, his son's school. His son goes to uh, a PWI UCLA and plays uh, basketball there, you know. But it's like, are we really <laughs> making our our our, uh, our our black college students, you know, uh, you know? I don't know what the deal. I don't know the details. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what Miles is getting out of it. But I thought it was ridiculous, and I hope that the students there are. Um, you know, conscious enough to not support. Come on. This has been the African Liberation Media. BB Fahodier's sister, your contribution is well needed. I did not know that, but see, that's filler. You know, that's resource material that I can use consistent with what Malcolm talked about years ago. They couldn't turn down a cup of coffee. Couldn't turn down a cup of coffee. And interestingly, I'll just say this. Uh, you know, you, you told us a couple of weeks ago about uh, my good friend's son, Bakari Sellers, having been recruited by APAC when he was a student government president at Morehouse. And so APAC is like deep into HBCUs now. And I was just on their site, and uh, they had this conference, and just a coincidence, one of the HBCU speakers was a representative from Miles College hmm. at the at the APAC conference. I mean, they are they are really heavy into recruiting people to support the Zionist cause. But we got to run. We can we can go into that perhaps on a on a future show. This has been the African Liberation Media. BB Fortier. BB Fortier. Shay. 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 Hi, bro. We're